Well, welcome to another edition of Bolton In, all thanks to Palmer Bet. And, well, the three, the party's back together. And we must say a very good afternoon, evening, whatever it is, all around the world. I'm going to start with you, Shane Anderson. Great to have you back this week, mate. How are you? Yeah, Matty, going really well. Uh, looking forward to uh, talking about some great racing this weekend, but importantly, looking forward to welcoming back our great mate, Adam, who's fresh off a big wedding this week. Well done, mate. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, great to be back with you. Missed the show last week, but uh, thankfully didn't miss all the good racing on the weekend. Plenty to talk about and plenty to look forward to as well. Mate, we saw the photos uh, doing the rounds on social media. Shayla, you would have caught up with them, mate. It was like the paparazzi were just... <laughs> Following this glamour couple around, I did see uh, the A-listers of uh, the racing caper are over there and all amongst the party, but that uh, looks like a heap of fun ads. Yeah, it's been good. It was nice to uh, be able to get a few friends back over here as well and uh, have a nice little catch up with some Australians. So there was plenty of racing uh, happening across the weekend. I can tell you what, we had a few iPhones out keeping up to date with the All-Star Mole and some of the other uh, group ones as well. While the Americans had no idea what was going on, but uh, <laughs> certainly enjoyable when the racing's this good at the moment. Yeah, absolutely sensational. And let's uh, let's go to the highlights. I'm going to start with you, Shane. Uh, what was your highlight from last weekend? There's so many to choose from, uh, but which way are you going, mate? Because uh, I, I know mine, but I want to get to yours first. Yeah, a couple big highlights. Uh, first and foremost, Ryan Moore. Huge fan of Ryan Moore. I have been uh, for the best part of 20 years. Um, been lucky enough to interview him over many years after you know big race successes. But yeah. his record flying into Australia uh, and winning the big races is quite extraordinary. He's now got five Group 1 wins from 26 rides in Group 1s in Australia, wow. which includes now the Melbourne Cup, the Cox Plate, and he's thrown in the Golden Slipper with a Group 1 double at Rose Hill last Saturday. So the thing about Ryan Moore, wherever he goes, yes, he does get opportunities to be on the best horses, but he's never ridden one of those horses that has been successful in a Group 1 in Australia. He has never started favourite. We saw Shinzo, I think, was $16 at the jump as a starting price. Drew the inside barrier, Ryan Moore, super patient, drove him through late, and he was also able to give Chris Waller his Fourth of the big uh, Grand Slam uh, Group 1s. He's now won a, a Caulfield Cup, Cox Plate, Melbourne Cup and a Golden Slipper. So that I thought was fantastic from a, a narrative perspective on the weekend. Mr. Brightside was utterly dominant in winning the All-Star Mile. I keep underestimating that horse and he keeps knocking me out when I'm <laughs> heavily committed to another runner. But uh, <laughs> I thought he was uh, pretty impressive and he's on track to defend his title in the uh, the Doncaster. So great racing all overall. But I think, you know, if we can deviate back to those two big highlight races last weekend, both pro produce pretty impressive results. Hey, I'm with you with Ryan Moore, mate. That was sensational. I was actually down at the All-Star Mile and, uh, yeah, Mr. Brightside, great story. The the Hayes boys too, I reckon. Uh, just, you know, to continue that family tradition, there was a few knocks on them early. I think people thinking, are they going to reach the heights of, of dad and granddad and all that kind of stuff? But full credit to them. Uh, absolute superstars of the game and just good people too, aren't they, Ads? Yeah, they certainly are. It was, it was funny you just brought that up because it was a conversation that we had here after the All-Star Mile. So it was probably about, I don't know, 1.30am. We're sitting by the fire, myself, James Jordan, a few others, and we were watching the race. So Anna Yusha was over here, a jockey as well. And I said going to the race, Mr. Brightside, good horse, great story, probably a length just a little bit behind the best, a bit like what Shane was saying there and watch it go straight past. But that was our conversation after the pressure that the Hayes boys have been on to come in fill the boots. A lot of the owners took some horses away at the start. They weren't too sure how the process was going to go, but their process is ticking boxes. Their team is flying at the moment. I expect some big runners to be entering uh, their stable as we do continue towards uh, the bigger carnival later on in the year, but well done to the boys. What they've done has been sensational and 
it was definitely another highlight. I'm sure that song was playing all night, but I'm with you as well. The internationals, the Haggis team, Ryan Moore, geez, Dubai Honor was pretty impressive on the weekend. Yeah, and, and, and what about Adamo? Uh, seriously, is that the best horse in the country at the moment? Yep, I think so. Yep. I agree. As <laughs> <laughs> simple as that. And, and he keeps winning. Did not have a lot of uh, a lot of favours on the weekend again. It just keeps winning, just keeps finding the line. And uh, yeah, I reckon James Cummings. I, I know he's got the cattle and stuff, but golly, he's training well at the moment, isn't he? He's just he's a uh, he's just everything he touches is turning to gold. A couple of things about that. Uh, James Cummings, superstar trainer in his own right, and as you rightly say, I mean the Cummings name has been synonymous with uh, Group One success in Australia for almost eighty years. Um, you know, it's it. They know what they're doing, the Cummings team. I think the interesting fact is James has gone in with a methodical approach and it's really married up well to the Godolphin operation. Godolphin's not just about the head trainer, it's about the processes, about the people they employ in the business. So everyone attached to Godolphin, particularly in Australia, are stars in the craft of, of training a racehorse. So they they nail it. They've really narrowed it down in how to get a horse to peak for the race that they think they're going to win, and that's what's remarkable about, about Animo. It's almost like he's got special group uh, one grand finals along the journey, getting him to whatever the big finale is going to be of a campaign, and he was terrific. Uh, you know, he was there to be beaten last weekend, but they couldn't beat him, um, and he's, he's – I think the, the QE2, the Queen Elizabeth Stakes uh, coming up at Randwick in a couple of weeks' time for the championships will be a big test for him uh, because, by all reports, you know, the Haggis Yard have got their horses flying. The Japanese are going to be in town for that. So it's going to be the toughest test of his campaign and probably the toughest test since he won the Cox Plate. But he's the horse to beat, and he's in great form. Ads, do you want to add to that, mate? Yeah, I, th- I think Shane's right to talk about the the team and how everybody uh, comes together. And we've seen these horses now. We're used to them dominating in Sydney. We're used to them dominating in Melbourne. But we're seeing them go to the Mel- the, the Perth Carnival now. And, you know, the team doesn't miss a beat. These horses, Cascadian was the last one that went across it and ran so well. And we've seen them in the winter bottom as well. So these uh, these teams now, we're seeing the dual partnerships. We've talked about it with Mara and Eustace. But I think that the way that the stress has gone off has been one trainer really having a big team that you can trust at all times has meant that these leading stables can really elevate their game, which is scary for these smaller stables as they continue to go around Australia. Hey, uh, another really bad spill on the weekend too, boys. Uh, T.O. Nugent, uh, you know, thankfully he's he's okay. Uh, must admit, we had a runner in that race, uh, the horse that he actually clipped he was with him in the boat. Um, and, and and it was just a really surreal feeling uh, standing there. No one really wanted to cheer. No one really wanted to do anything because I think we all knew the seriousness of the fall. And um, it's it's just, we've spoken about it last week, Shane, you know, like it's, it's uh, sometimes these things can happen in runs and stuff like that, isn't it? But, uh, you know, you just got to, you got to give it to the jocks. Don't they? They're just, they're, they're amazing individuals that go out and give their all each and every week. And uh, we, we need to each and every day, to be honest, we need to just really celebrate, you know, how good of sports people I reckon they actually are and how brave they are. Yeah. It's the sport. We talk about this a lot, you know, in covering racing. I mean, how many other sports have an ambulance you know, following competitors around, um, it's the most dangerous sport probably uh, there can be because there's such uh, limited um, protective gear that, that you know, jockeys can ride when their horses are going at 60 kilometres an hour on average in, in a race. It's it's a big talking point. I know Ben Mellon, one of the leading riders in Melbourne, came out with some strong words saying that there's too much pressure on, too much racing on, um, and the fatigue factor is really settling in. 
whether you blame fatigue or not for the incidents that have occurred, because it's been three consecutive Saturdays now in, in the Melbourne Carnival. And we also had a fall in the Golden Slipper as well with uh, Chad Schofield coming off in the early stages of that race. Look, the, the reality is it's a dangerous sport. The reality is the industry thrives on a lot of racing. It's product-driven, and using that terminology, which annoys a lot of people in the sport, but it is. We need a lot of content in the racing game to sustain the the, the amount of money that's wagered on it. So whatever the answer is, there's going to be a lot of discussion going on with the racing authorities and the Jockeys Association, but we can't shy away from the fact, and I know, Adam, you, you know, you're very close with a lot of jockeys as, as well. It is a ridiculously dangerous sport. They're, every time they're on a, riding in a race, they're putting their lives at risk. But, you know, the, the outcome is no matter what race it is, there's always going to be a pressure and there's always potentially an incident that could uh, cause some damage. Yeah, certainly has got everybody talking, hasn't it? The, the Ben Mellum comment, and again, whether you believe it's fatigue or not, I would think the incident on the weekend had nothing to do with fatigue whatsoever, but it is a talking point. And whether the jockeys want to ride a little bit less or they're going to start picking a little bit more, or you move states, maybe you go to a South Australia or a Western Australia or something, if you are feeling that fatigue come in. But I do think it's going to be a talking point that continues throughout, and we may see some some slight changes moving forward. Righto, boys. Let's have a look at the Group 1 races this weekend and it uh, heads to Flemington, of course, headquarters for the Australian Cup on Saturday. Over the 2,000 metres, the market, all thanks to Palmer Bet Cascading, is our favourite at $4.00. Right, you are at seven fifty. Myung Mahunga at eight dollars. Nonconformist at nine dollars. Steinem at twelve dollars. Emissary at fifteen dollars. Numerian fifteen dollars. And Bankmore on the quick backup at sixteen dollars. Pretty solid field. A big field uh, for an Australian Cup over the last kind of five or six years. The fields haven't been enormous. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Adam McGrath. What's your thoughts on that on the Australian Cup? Really intriguing race, and as you mentioned, a big field, some quality coming into it. We know that right you are is flying at the moment, just got that picket fence. Cascadian was really good the other day. Nonconformist reminded us of how well this horse is going, and I thought New Marion was uh, pretty impressive as well. Steinem just continued to get the job done. Look, I didn't think I'd find this horse, but I am keen to go with Cascading as my bet, and more because I think this horse is almost in career best form the way he's going. I mean, historically, this horse doesn't go that well second up. The All-Star Mile performance was very good. We saw at the end of last preparation over in Western Australia run really well in the Northerly. I think Ben Mellum is riding as good as anyone. We just talked about the Godolphin operation. I think this horse can run a really big race uh, considering just the stats that he's been breaking uh, throughout this preparation. So I'm hoping that uh, now out to this extra distance to 2,000 metres just ticks the boxes for him. I know he hasn't won at the track before, so there are a few negatives. But as I mentioned, I'm willing to put a line through history with the way that he has come back this uh, campaign so far in those first two runs, especially that first one over 1,300 metres as well. So Cascadian is going to be my tip in the event. I found it hard to find a little bit of value, so I was sort of throwing up non-conformist or, or Numerian. I'm going to go with Numerian. I thought the grade two performance was really good in the Peter Young stakes behind Steinem. I thought, again, another improver getting out to 2,000 metres. We've seen this course, how it runs when it gets out over 2,400, 26, and even up to 3,000 metres as well. So I do think second up, Annabelle Nisham, I think this horse is ticking over nicely. Uh, a good run on, on a uh, good three the other day. I think we'll only be better on a, a good four or if there is a bit of more sting out of the ground. So happy to be with Cascadian to maybe go against the normal form and just continue this preparation, uh, how well it started, and then Numerian as my uh, value runner for the Australian Cup.
Well, I'll let you know, uh, Ads, the weather is absolutely magnificent uh, down here. We might be on a good three. So, uh, yeah, no, it, uh, we, they're usually a couple of days behind us, So uh, and it does look good for the next couple of days. So I'm tipping it's going to be absolutely pitch perfect. Liam O'Keefe does a magnificent job there at headquarters. Shane O, what are you thinking in the Australian Cup, mate? I'm going to sound like a real old narc here. Um, <laughs> great to see a big field for a Group 1, but, my goodness, it is a dismal field yeah. for a race called the Australian Cup. Um, you made on that, I must admit. Look, and no, it's no, dropping off. Yeah, it's, it's the Australian Cup is clashing with the Tancred in Sydney. And we'll talk about the Tancred a little bit later, but the yeah. programming is just ridiculous at the moment. So, I'm thrilled that the VRC has been able to get a big size field for the race, but on the overall quality of the lineup. It's nowhere near what you'd be hoping for an Australian Cup. Kind of, it's backfired a little bit, hasn't it? Because normally the Australian Cups ran two weeks ago, so they've changed it this year, moving it or pushing it back two weeks. And to be honest, I think it, it hasn't really fired to probably what they thought, has it, Shane? Yeah, I think the thing is, if you know, we're talking betting, we're punters. If you like a few horses at odds here, I think you're going to get a good run for your money because the market sorted itself out, but. You know, Cascadian is a good horse. Do I want to be back in Cascadian at $4.20? Doesn't thrill me. Nonconformist, a good horse in form, I think, but the draw is going to make it a little bit tricky for him. Uh, my old mate Mawunga, I know we've, I think we've all at some stage thrown in Mawunga as a, a winning chance in a big uh, Group 1 race. He's always thereabouts. He's got a pretty good record at Flemington too, but just doesn't get over the line first. Another horse that we talked about in the spring, Smoking Romans, looks a big price, but, you know, has he shown enough in his past two form? So whichever way you want to look at it, if you like a horse here, I think you can back it and you, you'll get a good run for your money. It looks an evenly matched lineup, but I'm not thrilled on the race. For that reason, though, I, I found two at bigger prices. I like Numerium. I'm putting Numerium as my best from the inside barrier. $15, Maddie, I think you mentioned there at the each way. I think you're going to get an absolute gun run for your money. Uh, looked pretty good in the Peter Young, as Adam mentioned. Uh, he really stuck to his task quite well there for fourth. With that run under his belt, progressing to Flemington off the inside barrier, I think he's in good enough form. We've shown enough from his first up run to suggest that he's in for a big go here. So I'm happy to put Numerian down as my best at that $15 quote. And again, because it looks fairly evenly matched, one that's coming in slightly less left field is the three-year-old virtual circle that I'm putting in as my value bet. Currently at a big price, uh, I think well over 20 to 1. Yep. Drawn well in barrier number two for Liam Howley. Uh, I think he's going to get a nice, soft, even run. And if the breaks come his way, based on what we saw in the Australian Guineas at his first real proper test, I thought he ran quite strongly there. Uh, again, I think the market may have just forgotten about him a little bit. So for that reason, uh, the best Numerian each weight at the $15, Virtuous Circle, my value at $20 plus. It's the Australian Cup. We'll watch yeah. it. We'll cheer for something. But, yeah, I think it's a pretty tough race and a pretty evenly matched race. Yeah, I reckon you nailed it. Uh, good summation there. Let's move along uh, to the Tancred Stakes up at Sydney Rose Hill, of course. Uh, it is race number eight over the 2,400 metres. Uh, Gold Trip and Monophilia both on the quick backup. They're our uh, top of the market. So Gold Trip at 420, Monophilia at five bucks. Knight's Order at 850, Cleveland at $9, Arapahoe at $11, Sir Lucan at $11, Vown Declare at 14 bucks, and King Frankel at $14 as well. So interesting, the Victorian uh, former Melbourne Cup winner, Vown Declare, who I reckon is uh, going just as good as any horse at the moment, uh, has chosen probably to go that way. Could have possibly gone through an Australian Cup, you might have thought, boys, but obviously looking for the 2400 a little bit further. But what's your, uh, your thoughts here? I'll go back to you first and foremost here, Shane. 
What do you reckon in the uh, tank? Um, yeah, yeah Betty, I think uh, Gold Trip did enough last week in the Ramford Stakes where I was pretty keen on him. Um, and watching the race unfold, I knew early on in the stage, uh, in the early stages of the race, that I probably wasn't going to get the result that I was hoping and praying for. But I thought Gold Trip ran well enough um, when finishing uh, fifth uh, behind uh, Dubai Honor. Um, look, we know once he gets up to this distance range, he's going to be very, very strong in the piece. Um, you know, his overall record in Australia, his overall record overall, even though it's not a great win strike rate, he's always around the money in these big Group 1 uh, races from when he started in Europe to where he is now in Australia. So we can see him uh, from the outside gate. You know, he's drawn out in uh, barrier number 13. He'll probably settle midfield. I think the pace of this race will be stronger than what we saw in the Ramvit, and that'll suit him. And Mark Zara should be able to present him at the right time. So I think at $4.20, I'm happy to be with him because I'm expecting the tempo to be stronger. And we know that, you know, once he's getting up to this distance range, he's probably putting himself as being the best horse in Australia at uh, in the Stayers division. So Gold Trip appeals to me a fair bit. Um, frustrated me in the Ramvit, but I think he can bounce back here. So I've got him on top. And... I'm happy to have something on Joseph O'Brien's Cleveland, um, uh, of course, raced by um, the uh, the Williams family. Uh, it's coming from Ireland with a pretty good reputation. He's run, won, run well at uh, some of the big meetings in Europe, in particular Royal Ascot. The form around him is fairly strong. And so at about that sort of, you know, $9, $10 mark, I think he might even drift a little bit on race morning um, and then probably there'll be a little bit of money for him late in the piece. That's the most sort of the way I'm looking at things at the moment with Cleveland. I think he's going to run really well. But I'm happy to be in the gold trip camp. If he lets me down this week, might be the last time I, I sing his praises for a little while, but uh, it does look his race to, to win. And I'm happy to put him as the best with the value as Cleveland. He was very good first up and uh, just might have been just a touch flat second up uh, last weekend. But uh, I reckon the the fact that they're uh, they're keen to back this horse up, I reckon, shows that uh, yeah, he got warm late and uh, he had still had a little bit. I reckon he must have ate up back at the stables and uh, and obviously showed him enough ready to go around again. Which way are you going here, uh, Ads? Look, I was pretty similar with Shane here. Actually, when I went through the race, I've just almost done a raffle to find the value bet. I thought Gold Trip was just the only bet I want in this event. Uh, look, we saw at the end of last preparation, the Caulfield Cup, the Cox Plate into the Melbourne Cup. This horse can back up. Probably only gets better when it does so, you know, continue to tick the legs over. I think that's the key for this runner. I think Mark Zara knows that. The stable knows that. And I thought the run, the Rambit, just suggested that it was ticking over well enough that the next start on a quickish backup could come out and win this. So I'm pretty keen on that Gold Trip here, and I'd be disappointed disappointed if he isn't right in the finish or if he's not winning it quite comfortably. The value I found really hard. I was, as I said, scratching my head. Could Explosive Jack improve? Could Allegron be one? Could Cleveland be one? I end up sitting on Allegron just thinking that, look, if you know the four-year-old can continue to improve and show some signs that maybe it's one, but it's not one that I really want to be on. For mine, it'll just be a, a one bet in the race and I'll be back in gold trip and hoping that Mark Zara can give that perfect steer and uh, bring up its third career win. Hey, I'm on Gold Trip as well. I reckon uh, you blokes have both nailed it, and they've given me a little bit more confidence, to be honest. Uh, Vinery Stud Stakes over the 2,000 metres, of course. Prowess is our favourite at $2.60. Pavitra at $3.60. Papillion Club at $7. Fireburn at $10. Pierossa at $15. Soul Choice, $19. Cool Diet, $21. Bucks. And So Dazzling, uh, named after your beautiful wife, uh, Adam McGrath, $27 after last weekend. I'm going to come back to you, mate. What do you reckon? You found any value here, or are you with the top? Top two made in Prowess and Pavitra. 
Well, I'm going to use that to the uh, the wife just to make sure I keep in the good books. But no, sadly, no value. I'm, I'm keen on prowess here. Again, I think Mark Zara is in for a big day, potentially with a back-to-back victories here. I like the way that this filly's been going about it. She's built up a nice record. She's shown her toughness, determination. She's good at the distance. I think she ticks a lot of boxes. And I, I don't know if there's much behind in this race anymore. Fiverr's best looks to be gone. There's some hype around. Cool die, but is it going to take that next step? Frankie's me dad showing some class. But again, this is a, a big step up. So I'm happy to be with the uh, the import runner here to come to Australia and get the cash and take the money and, and Zara to have a good day. And again, looking at the value, I, I sort of struggled trying to find one. And I probably came up with the, the other import would be in Polygon. We saw the run the other day in the uh, group three with Karen McAvoy in the saddle. I didn't think it was very good to be honest but i'm expecting some improvement again out to the extra distance of the trip here at the 2000 meters the last time this horse was at 2000 meters was a winner by three lengths in a group two so i'm just hoping the three-year-old filly can show that natural progression but preble's riding well sticky gate being out in 12 but for mine all about prowess and if i am going to have a value better be polygon again shane oak yeah, Adam and I see this race uh, alike. Uh, Prowess clearly the one to beat for mine. Um, you know, one of the old uh, lessons I learned when I was first sort of following racing from my late great dad was about three-year-olds who can easily account for older horses in their campaign. Um, you know, you always can side with them. They usually usually is a suggestion that they've got a bit of physical maturity compared to some of their uh, their uh, own peers. And Prowess, I thought, was pretty dominant with the performance in New Zealand last start. Roger James is a master trainer. He's had enormous success bringing horses similarly profiled like Prowess to Australia over many years. I think the best part of 25 years. You just can't knock her form. And the form ties into form that we've seen come to Australia and prove itself competitive. Um, you know, uh, the New Zealand three-year-old depths are pretty strong at the moment. So I think Prowess um, at the distance, drawn well. I think she's just going to be the the one to beat. She's the class runner for mine, and uh, yeah, I'm very confident about her. One of the more confident bets of the weekend, so I'm happy to put her on top. I thought the value bet Fireburn at ten dollars. You mentioned them, Maddie. I actually thought she was going to be a bit shorter in the market than that. I'm not a. She's not a, a filly that I uh, I like to back. Um, you know, she's she's good. She's got an overall a very very strong record, but she tends to find. Things can go against her a little bit in some of these bigger races. Um, but I thought she was good in the far lap stakes last start. She wasn't beaten too far behind Zugotcha. Um, you know, she stuck to a task quite well there. Uh, she improved from her first uh, couple of runs of the campaign in the light fingers and the surround. So I think now up to 2,000 metres, fourth up in the campaign, she's going to be there to uh, give her all. So at $10, good each way bet for Fireburn. I'll put her in the value, but very, very keen on prowess. Jeez, I've seen a uh, a good filly at Mooney Valley last week, uh, one from old Uncle Lindsay called Queen Air, and I know that, uh, Ads, you've followed this all through, and uh, Shane, I think you might be as well, but uh, I, uh, I I kind of thought they possibly might have pulled the trigger and gone up this way, but I think they're going to they're gonna go uh, the Adelaide way uh, for the Australasian Oaks. But, uh, yeah, I reckon she's certainly going to be a, a filly, a Victorian filly to watch moving forward, boys. If she had okay. been in it, she would have been a rider, a real chance, I think, top three type of horse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. Hey, listen, uh, what about anything else around the uh, the country? We've got anything else? I know uh, ads, uh, we haven't really got uh, uh, the Western Australian form, mate, but uh, have you got anything else for uh, for our followers, Shano, that uh, you can tip us into on the weekend? Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, leading South Australian trainer uh, Michael Hickmont, and he's got a runner on Saturday at Morfordville, race seven, number seven, Pontadera. 
who comes into this race fresh, uh, does have a pretty good fresh record from uh, limited career thus far. And I just think the form around uh, the most previous campaign has uh, done enough here to suggest that it's going to be a really good race for Pontadira. So I think if we're getting, give or take, $4 to that $4.50 mark, Pontadira, race seven, number seven at Morfordville, we can back with a fair bit of confidence going into the race fresh on Saturday. Love it. Been in a pretty good nick too uh, with uh, your bets around the country as well, Shane. Uh, I'm just going to throw a little bit of value out there. Race one uh, at Flemington on the weekend. You know I love me locals, but Duchess of Dorset from the Somme Wild Yard was really good first up. Um, and uh, I reckon it is well and truly over the odds at 18 bucks. Dean Holland in the saddle, and uh, I reckon uh, he's in as good a form as anyone. And this horse uh, had some really good late sectionals, so uh, at 18 bucks, why not have a little each way play? Nothing else from you, ads, Sydney or Melbourne? No, nah, nothing oh, yet. Know? Sorry, mate. I was, uh, um, yeah, unable to get the, the Perth form in time, but uh, I might do a couple of tags with Palmer Bet uh, when we do get closer to the time to make sure if there are a couple out west we can uh, hopefully cash in after the, the Melbourne and Sydney races are done. Yeah, and you did a couple of weeks ago, mate, on the very first show where you certainly cashed in with a couple. So well, they love the WA form coming out of uh, the Adam McGrath camp. Hey, listen, uh, going to be a fantastic weekend of racing, of course. Australian Cup at Flemington and some huge racing up in Sydney. And uh, we've still got another couple of weeks to go for this Autumn Carnival, boys. Uh, all in all, it's been fantastic thus far. Now, Shane, you're actually in London as we speak, so you're not in Copenhagen. Uh, how's London and what's the temperature like over there at the moment? Yeah, it's still cold enough to make me whinge, Matty, uh, but it's a little <laughs> bit warmer than what it's been back home in Copenhagen, but uh, it's always great to be back in London, sniffing around to see if I can find a winner over here over the next <laughs> few days as well. But uh, no, great city, great people, having a good time. Awesome. And uh, Ads, you've got uh, plenty of uh, family and friends and all that kind of stuff over there for the wedding. Uh, and by the looks, it was absolutely magnificent, mate. And uh, we certainly wish you all the best of luck with uh, with everything moving forward, buddy. And uh, listen, looking forward to the weekend, boys. Yeah, thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Looking forward to some good racing again. Uh, Let's find winners, guys. Thanks. Let's find some winners. That's the key to it, isn't it? Uh, uh, gamble responsibly. That is the key message, too. Download the app. Get involved. Palmer Bet. There's always plenty of offers there, but do it in a responsible way. And, uh, well, fingers crossed we can find a few winners here, and we'll talk again next week. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.